0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Ravens have placed the non-exclusive tag on
1: quarterback Lamar Jackson.
0: This is more than just about money. The relationship between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson isn't a relationship that is in a good place. They're saying, all right, we can't find compromise, so you go ahead and see if that deal's out there. And if it is, and you come back to us, you know, maybe we'll match it. Maybe we'll say, you know, you were right, we were wrong, and come back to us and everything will be fine.
2: What is odd, though, is that the Ravens seem to know that that deal might not be out there for him. I wonder how that was. Mm. <laughs> what a little kawinky dink that is, Canty. Canty and Carla on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, 888 729 37776. Uh, did I give, like, four sevens there? 888-729-3776. There we go. 888-SAY-ESPN. Get on board right now on this Lamar Jackson situation and what he deserves as a contracted. and why teams now are all coming out and saying, we're not interested in even pursuing him at this point. And on Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, is this an absolute no-brainer for the Jets? Canty, though, you brought this up earlier today. How is it exactly that the Ravens knew that this was going to be the situation, and it happened as quickly as it did, with reporters asking owners and teams making it known right after the franchise tag non-exclusive was put on lamar that teams were not going to be interested in bidding it's pretty clear it's collusion and we could say you can't prove collusion i understand that this is not me trying to prove it in a court of law this is me tying together what this looks like you can't tell me That since Deshaun Watson's contract last year was fully guaranteed and Steve Bishotti coming out and criticizing that, knowing what was coming, that there have not been many discussions among owners in the few times they have gotten together over the last year that were centered around, we cannot let this happen moving forward. And that's why you had teams not just saying, we're not giving them a a fully guaranteed contract. No, 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 no. They were coming out yesterday teams who, who need quarterbacks in the worst way, saying we're not even interested in Lamar Jackson.
1: Well, well, here's the thing, Carlin. this is why it's so strange, because we're always in a situation where it's a quarterback-starved league. There are never enough quality starting quarterbacks to go around, which is why we saw the Cleveland Browns go to such lengths to secure Deshaun Watson when the Texans were dangling out there last year to be traded. Think about it. Three teams in the NFC South and the Cleveland Browns were in on trading Houston, everything they asked for, which included three first-round picks, and then also considering going to the extremes when it came to the guaranteed money on the contract. Now, Cleveland take it to the full extreme with... You know, fully guaranteed deal. But those other teams were in the ballpark. It wasn't like it was. You know, they, 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 Cleveland was offering a hundred million more in guaranteed money than those other teams that were interested in Deshaun. So I say that to say this: How did we get to a place in less than a calendar year where we're talking about Lamar Jackson, a player who's won an MVP, a player whose team has had a winning record? Every season since they drafted him, a team that's been in the playoffs for the five years he's been their starting quarterback, how can we get to a place where nobody around the National Football League is interested in even engaging him in contract talks? Forget about the fully guaranteed portion of the contract. Forget about the fully guaranteed part of this all. How do we get to a point where nobody wants to talk to Lamar Jackson about what it would take for him to come run with them? Because you brought up the fracture relationship between Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens. What if Lamar is okay going somewhere else? What, what, if that's, what if that's where he's at with it right now? My whole point is this. For teams not to check in and to say, in some cases, minutes, and in all the cases of the teams we heard from a couple of hours yesterday, that they're out on Lamar, that screams... Of collusion. Now, I get people don't like the word collusion because it's a legal term. Whatever you want to call it. The owners are collectively drawing a line in the sand around guaranteed contracts, and they're not doling those out to players because they know what it does in terms of changing the dynamic of what they have with their entertainment product and giving the players more power in the league. Well, Kenty, here's what is fascinating to me about
2: this in the coming two to three months. Not just about Lamar. What's going to happen now with Joe Burrow, Mm -hmm. with Justin Herbert? Yep. Where are we headed with those big contracts? Oh, Jalen Hurts, too. Jalen Hurts? Let's not forget about Jalen Hurts. Are any of them going to be fully guaranteed? Because I don't think either one of us would have ruled that possibility out. And if you're the owner of one of those teams and you have seen how the Lamar Jackson situation has unfolded, are you going to let that happen to your team too? Are you going to put your team in that situation with your young quarterback? And here's the other thing, Canty. What happens if Lamar signs a deal and it's not fully guaranteed or it's not $231 million guaranteed and one of those other guys gets it?
1: Well, I, I don't, I don't. Here, before we even get to that part of it, um, let, let's talk about those other players mm-hmm. because they have a role in this too. You know, when Freeman McNeil took his stand, there were seven other players that decided that they were going to join alongside him. Along with uh, Reggie White, was one of those players in advocating for free agency. It's going to take a contingent of players that are willing to align themselves with Lamar. Let me check that. A contingent of quarterbacks that are willing to align themselves with Lamar that are as impactful to the league um, as, you know, know, franchise players. It's going to take, you know, those three quarterbacks, which I would consider top six quarterbacks in the NFL, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. I would consider all those guys top six or seven quarterbacks. It's going to take those guys saying, we're not talking about contract extensions unless we're talking about fully guaranteed deals. That that At that moment, the NFL has to make a decision about what it's willing to do, the length it's willing to go in order to protect the, the power, the leverage that the owners exert over the players at any given point. And I think we're moving closer and closer to that point because players are hyper-sensitive, hyper-aware of their brands and the power that they wield because of their skill sets. And the NFL owners have no one to blame in all of this but themselves, based on how they've set today's game up. It's all about offense. It's all about the quarterback. Think about all of the questionable roughing the passer calls that we saw this year. If you breathe on a quarterback wrong... They're going to throw the flag. You know why? Because the NFL owners understand for ratings and to drive television revenue and all the other additional revenue streams that they're in line for, we got to have these special quarterbacks on the field. If those special quarterbacks threaten to withhold services because you're not willing to give them a guaranteed deal, much in the same way that it sounds like Lamar Jackson is positioning himself for, then all of a sudden the NFL has a problem. Then all of a sudden, the NFL players are getting closer to where the NBA players already are at. Canty and Carlin, ESPN
2: Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs, for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Canty, we've got people that want to chime in on this discussion, so let's do it. Let's get them in. We're going to start with Joe in Jacksonville, Florida, on ESPN Radio. Joe, what's up, baby?
0: hey guys um how do billion how do millionaires become billionaires
2: they don't give away their money
0: they don't (laughs) give away their money that's exactly right so why would you expect a group of billionaires to act against their own self-interest at any point at any point none of them do ever and i think you're right they look at the situation and they say to themselves we cannot fully guarantee... We will not go down that road because what if we do and our quarterback becomes Tua and gets concussed and now we are stuck with a fully guaranteed contract where there is no... What is it? An injury buyout, an injury clause, an injury settlement, right? Um, it's fully guaranteed. It would hamstring the the franchise for a decade. And so they're not... Joe, you're wrong
1: wrong with that, though. Joe, you're you're wrong with that. How so? You're you're wrong with that. You're talking about it hamstringing the franchise for a decade. You do realize that the salary cap went up $16 million this year, right? Do you know what that means? That means the revenue pot that the players and the owners are splitting has gone up. Do you know why it goes up? Because... The television deals and the licensing deals are exploding. The NFL has never been more popular. Think about it. When it comes to the revenue pie that the players and the owners are splitting, the players, the 53 guys on active roster, are splitting $224 million. You know where the other two twenty-four goes, Carlin? Mm. You know where it goes? Mm-hmm. It goes to the owner. Yep. So it's not as if the owners can't afford to pay it. Jimmy Haslam can pay it. Jimmy Haslam ain't the richest NFL owner. Jimmy Haslam can do it. Every NFL owner can do it. Every single one of these franchises is billions and billions of dollars in terms of their valuation. These teams can afford to pay it. Why they don't want to do it is allowing the players to have a degree of power and leverage in, in – in, the potential disruption that that brings to their business model comparable to what we're seeing in the NBA with the guaranteed contracts that those players have. That's Uh, what the NFL is terrified of, but it's not as if they can't do it, and it's not as if they can't absorb a quarterback being out or season because he has a guaranteed contract. I mean, think about it. Deshaun, how many games did Deshaun Watson sit out this year? How many games was he suspended for? He only played in six games. Yep. And guess what? They were able to be fine with that, even though they guaranteed his contract. So give me a break with the, oh, this is going to set a franchise back nonsense. It's not. And we're no. not talking about every player getting a guaranteed contract. We're talking about a select few quarterbacks that would be in line
2: to get these kind of deals. And, and only and when you talk about a decade? There's one guy who's got a 10-year deal, and it's spread out for a reason, and that's Patrick Mahomes.
1: And you, do you, do you would think, you think you that argue the Kansas that? City Chiefs would worry about guaranteeing Pat Mahomes his contract?
2: Here's an idea. Get the hell out of here. here. Here's an idea. You don't want to hamstring your franchise? Don't give Russell Wilson $250 million in new money. Oh, how don't about give this? Kyler how about, Murray $230 million. How about this? If
1: you don't want to hamstring your franchise, pay your quarterback sooner rather than later so you don't have to deal with the precedent of a fully guaranteed contract. Nobody wants to talk about the Ravens' mistake in all of this, which is not paying a guy that has already proven everything you needed to see as soon as you could pay him. This is a cautionary tale to every team that wants to wait And sit on a quarterback that's already answered all of the questions. This is why the Cincinnati Bengals can't afford to wait on Joe Burrow. It's why the Eagles can't afford to wait on Jalen Hurts, and it's why the Chargers can't afford to wait on Justin Herbert. Josh,
2: South Dakota, up next on ESPN Radio. Joshua, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? We're great.
0: Hey, uh, an atrocity, straight up an atrocity. I mean, come on, we're talking inflation we're talking the inevitable. I mean, it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Pay the man, pay Lamar Jackson, pay him, pay him now. I don't care how you do it. I don't care when you do it, but when you hit, you hit. When you have a generational talent,
2: come and here's, on. Here's where we're missing it, Joshua. Here, here's something that we haven't even talked about, and thanks for the call in the last two days, and really we've lost sight of. Who's playing quarterback for the Ravens for the future? They don't Don't have their answer. Don't tell me you're going to re-sign Snoop Huntley and feel good about where things are headed. Don't do it. You have to now go find another player of that ilk. And it's amazing to me that we're going to downplay what Lamar Jackson is, already an MVP, ninth in QBR this past year. For context, Aaron Rodgers, 26th. 26th. We're going to downplay that yet everybody is all fired up about Anthony Richardson because he had a good weekend in his pajamas in Indianapolis when last year he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in half of his games. And we're getting all fired up we're gonna make sure that we downplay Lamar Jackson, but Anthony Richardson,
1: he's the next big thing. And to take it a step further, think about all of the draft capital that teams would be willing to mortgage to have an opportunity to get up high enough in the draft to get Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or Will Levis. That's the problem that I have with this, Carlin. Think about what the Denver Broncos gave the Seahawks in order to get Russell Wilson. Think about what the 49ers gave up in order to move to number three and draft Trey Lance. Three first round picks and multiple second round picks. Ridiculous amount. Just to have an opportunity to get a quarterback that can be a difference maker like Lamar Jackson. And Most see- of these picks end up failing. When you start talking about drafting quarterbacks high, most of these guys end up not working out. All the evidence you need to see is with Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. And that was two years ago with the second overall pick. So, Carlin, the biggest thing that we have to understand is that a player of Lamar Jackson's ilk is not easily replaceable. And the sheer scarcity of it is what drives the price. You can't get these guys. They don't grow on trees. And that's why we all said the Ravens would be crazy for opening the door and letting other teams negotiate with them, unless the Ravens already knew that other teams would be unwilling to give them that contract because the owners don't want to set that precedent.
2: Donnie next on ESPN Radio. Donnie, what's up, buddy? How are you?
0: Pretty good, Uh First-time caller, but long-time listener. How are you guys doing today?
2: We're great, Donnie. We appreciate it. How you doing?
0: Good, good. Just wanted to uh, yeah, talk about the uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, and I've heard a lot of different uh, takes on that and been hearing this today. And so I think a lot of things that uh, people aren't talking about when it comes to Lamar Jackson is great player, very, very uh, dynamic, fun to watch, like a video game. Um, but nobody really wants to talk about his playoff record, which I think is like one and three. Um, and the guy is electrifying, which you know that's where he is at this point in time. But he stays injured a lot. And so here's the uh, thing, Donnie, you got, with any you got two in the league.
2: Donnie, we got two problems there. Thanks for the call. Number one, you're going to say injured a lot. I'll throw you other guys at him who have been injured more. I'll throw you. I'll throw you, Deshaun Watson. Who, uh, yeah, I'm going to count some dumbassery in all of this. Has missed 39 games. they so basically missed 39 percent of his career so far. Kyler Murray got a ton of money. He's missed more time. Dak Prescott got 40 million a year. He's missed more time than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has missed 13 percent of his games, and that most of it in the last two years. I, I, just, and, I just and the second and you can't convince me. By the way, had he just held in like we talked about at the beginning of the year and gotten his contract then, that he wouldn't have been playing at the end of the year.
1: I just find it laughable when we start talking about playoff record. He has the exact same amount of playoff wins as Deshaun Watson does, and yeah. he, Peyton Manning started one and three in his first four playoff games. Lamar Jackson is one and three. What, what are we talking about? And the one was on the road. What do we? What, what are we? What are we, we talking? See, here is my problem. People are carrying the water for the NFL. And based on the lack of interest or the radio silence that these teams have come out with in terms of pursuing Lamar Jackson, everybody wants to frame their argument around that because God knows that these NFL teams never do anything wrong and it's all about being able to win. And they're just saying that Lamar Jackson is a player that can't help them win. Do you really believe that? Are you really buying that? What we should learn from those five teams coming out as quickly as they did to say they didn't want Lamar, is that the NFL teams, those NFL teams, aren't necessarily prioritizing doing everything they can to compete for a championship. And if you're a part of a fan base with one of those teams, you should be irate today because those teams have an opportunity to get an MVP quarterback that has an eight to ten year window of being in the prime of his career. And you're willing to forego that for the relatively unknown commodities that could be in the NFL draft or God knows what else is in the marketplace. Think about that for a second. We're not going to roll with a proven commodity like Lamar Jackson, because we don't want to go down the road of guaranteed contracts when there's nothing in the CBA that says that owners and teams can't do it. It's egregious call But that lets us know that the NFL, it ain't a meritocracy. So let's stop purporting it to be that. This is about players having to be not only be good at football, but be good for business. And right now, with the business model of the NFL, Lamar Jackson doesn't fit what they want to do, which is why they're handling him the way they are. Speaking of change, we're going to talk to someone who has
2: been instrumental in change in the NFL. Next, Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
0: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? This is the Canty and Carlin
1: podcast
2: celebrating International Women's Day on ESPN. You've got the complete women's broadcast tonight between the Mavs and the Pelicans on ESPN, 730 p.m. Eastern Time. We welcome in on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sam Rappaport, NFL Senior Director of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion on this International Women's Day. Sam, it's Chris Carlin along with Chris Canty. We appreciate a few minutes. How are you?
3: good Chris thanks for having me
2: on well we appreciate you giving us a few minutes and just what does this day mean to you
3: to me it means it's about representation and I think for me it's about thinking about all the people all the women whose shoulders I'm standing on and so many of us are standing on who have paved the way to make it a little easier for me and for us and you know I think a lot about them today
1: Sam, you've been involved in a lot of initiatives through the years between your work with the NFL and USA Football to bring more women into football. Why has that been so important for you and also why is it important to the growth of the league?
3: Yeah, Chris, we looked out on the sidelines at a game about 7 years ago. A bunch of us were standing on the sidelines and recognized how underrepresented women were in football roles, right? We we're we're doing pretty well on the business side of the sport, but on the football side in roles like coaching and scouting, and officiating, there are almost zeros across the board. So we decided to make a concerted effort to get more women into the pipeline through a program that we started in 2017. And through that program, there's 225 opportunities have come out of it. And most of our female coaches, many of our female scouts, you know, who are now flooding the pipeline in, in those entry and mid-level jobs, uh, You know, that's the future of the league. And to answer the second part of your question, we want this league to reflect its fans. And just about half of our fans are women. But that's not reflected in the workforce within the NFL. So we're working to try to change that.
1: And, so, just to follow up with that, how have you seen the culture in and around pro football change as a result of more women having opportunities in these spaces?
3: Yeah, Chris, we have a ways to go there. You know, on the inclusion side, you know, uh, getting head coaches to stop referring to, you know, their teams as guys and men and, you know, changing that language, like Brian D'Abel spoke about at the forum, uh, you know, to everyone or coaches, Uh, Just using a language that is more inclusive of everyone. Uh, So we have a ways to go. But, you know, interestingly, one of the general managers I spoke to told me that bringing women into his scouting operation made the men better because he said that it, it mirrored society more. So it kind of brought the testosterone levels down for some of the men. They felt like they had to chest pound a little bit less. And he said that he actually found it made everyone stronger, which I think is a really interesting point.
2: Sam Rappaport, NFL Senior Director, Diversity, Equity and Inclusion with us on Kenti and Carlin on ESPN Radio. But Sam, okay, so there's a ways to go in your estimation there. But where do you feel like over the the seven years that you've done the forum that you had last week Mm -hmm. uh, out in Indianapolis at the Combine? Where do you feel like the biggest progress has been made?
3: you know we've cracked the nut of females in coaching and and the reason why that's so important is because other industries look to us and say you know if the NFL can do that you know coaching professional football in the United States that they really have no excuse to have better gender equity on their on their teams and on their staff so to me, coaching is kind of the final frontier, the final bastion of masculinity in this country. And so the fact that, you know, at training camp this year, we had 15 women, which was more than any professional male sports league in the history of the world, uh, you know, that speaks volumes to me of, of how open the NFL is, their head coaches and general managers, to, you know, advancing this and, and really making making strides in this area.
2: Well, Sam, like we know where the, the biggest impacts are going to be made when – Women are truly put into those biggest power spots, whether it's position coaches, coordinators. How far away from that do you feel like we are at this point?
3: So yeah, let's be super realistic. So we get asked all the time about first head coach, first GM. So we're we're a ways away from a female head coach, um, but you know the next step is positional coach. And Chris, that's definitely happening. You know, in a very near fu- in the very near future, likely in I would I would predict a year or two. And, you know, once we get to that rung, then it's the next level of the coordinator. But the important work that we're doing is flooding the pipeline with candidates. It's not necessarily marking firsts. You know, firsts are great, and we like to recognize them, but we quickly like to move on because we don't want them to be the last. And so in order for the women to follow behind them, we need to ensure that there is a good crop of people, uh, you know, waiting waiting for those positions and getting trained for those positions. And that's, you know, part of our work is to do that.
1: Sam, what are some of the challenges that that you foresee uh, in terms of being able to break through that glass ceiling and get women that are in coaching staffs or in NFL front offices to those positions where they can ascend to being head coaches or general managers?
3: I think one of the biggest challenges is, you know, we when we started this program in 2017, we had one head coach and one owner attend the program. And seven years later, we have all 32 teams You know, flooding the room. The room this year, we just finished it at Combine. Uh, You know, there was standing room only at the back. Everyone was super interested, which is great. That's good progress. But we still have people, you know, who I'm sure don't don't believe that women belong in football. You know, if you read the comments on social media, you'll hear it in drones. Um, And so, you know, it really is about uh, those people, you know, eventually retiring. And because the young head coaches and GMs, they're the ones that really get it. And they're the ones that bring people in for the right reason. You know, I heard Coach Gable at the NFL Women's Forum said, I don't need, you know, my wife or my two daughters. I don't need proximity to them to, you know, explain why I want to hire women. The reason I want to hire women is because I want the best people and it's anti-competitive not to consider half the population. So, you you know, it's it's... Go ahead yeah no it 's guys like that you know that are but really the challenge is the people that still don 't believe, but we're we 're banging down those doors,
1: yeah, and with that, Sam, I, I wanted to talk to you about that because you just mentioned how you 'll see on social media some of the attitudes toward women being in football in these roles, and i I was curious to know what the NFL views the role of their media partners in trying to change some of those attitudes moving forward and the coverage. Um, that the women that are working in these spaces are getting and and, and tracking that progress moving forward.
3: Yeah, certainly the, the clubs you know do a great job of protecting not not only women, really any marginalized group that is subject to that type of criticism on social media. But at our program, we train the women uh, who attend the program how to handle it, and you know we speak not only from women. You know Roger Goodell spoke about his experience with criticism and. Dacia Smith, our chief admin officer, spoke about her experience of criticism. And we really teach them, you know, I think there was a quote that said the the booze always come from the cheap seats. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of teach them like what to pay attention to and what to ignore. And, you know, if you have like an avatar as your name and you likely live in your mom's basement, we kind of teach them not to worry about that. But if your head coach has some criticism for you, then you should probably take that to heart. And so we really teach them the difference between trolls and people who are there to make you better.
2: Uh, Sam, last one, and this is going to sound a little bit odd, but how sure. how important is it to get to a point where we don't have to celebrate this? If that makes sense, you know, to where it is the norm as yeah. opposed to something that you have to continue to fight for.
3: Yeah, the the, uh, the mission of the program is for it to not exist anymore. We don't want to, to use qualifiers like female scout and female coach. We don't want to have to build this side door that we built. We want it to be normal, and we really are working towards normalization, which is what the program's all about. So the importance of celebrating and still talking about it is that what we heard from so many of our young participants this year is that the only reason they got into coaching was because they saw Maral Jabardifar of the Bucks or Callie Brownson of the Browns or Jennifer King of the Commanders, and that's what made them realize that it was even a possibility for them. So if we don't talk about it at all and we just pretend like it's normal, which it isn't yet then we won't have that type of you know uh, reaction from younger women growing up. So until it's a little more ubiquitous and less scarce, right, we only have six full-time female coaches now until that's 16, at least half the league, we still need to talk about it. So we make sure that we're flooding the pipeline with young girls who want to work in football.
2: Sam, listen, we appreciate your time and your insight, especially into this. And yeah, we look forward to that day too, to where the, the, it does become the norm as opposed to having to fight for it, but certainly celebrating it uh, to help push it forward. We appreciate it for your time. Once again, thanks again.
3: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you both for having me. Sam
2: Rappaport, NFL Senior Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion on this International Women's Day. And we remind you that coming up tonight on ESPN is an all- female-led broadcast between uh, the Mavericks and the Pelicans at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. And you want to be there because it's, again, another major step forward as you continue to see the progress that is being made. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Canty, what do we like to do? We like to make people money. And we will do that next
0: 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun.
2: My master asks, what do you seek here?
0: To vanquish our common enemies. Ah! Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. Epic saga of war, passion, and power. That's it, come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
2: In case you missed our big announcement earlier, Canty and myself, along with Mike Tannenbaum and Ian Fitzsimmons, will be anchoring all of the coverage of the 2023 NFL Draft. That coming up April 27th and 28th, live from Kansas City, uh, round one on Let's Thursday, go. the 27th. Rounds two and three, Friday, the 28th, four through seven
1: on Saturday. Canty fired up for it. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm as fired up about our food itinerary as I am about actually calling <laughs> the draft. Like so Kansas, it- city, Kansas City is an outstanding food city. All right. Make so, no mistake about it. Here's what we need to do. Is it going to? Are we going to prioritize
2: the steak, or are we going to prioritize the barbecue?
1: Yes, is the answer that you're <laughs> looking for.
2: <laughs> yeah, love it. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. You know what we do this time of day. You know what it is. So let's just get to it. Time to earn some cash.
0: The taste of money. The smell of wealth.
1: And Carlin's best play of the night. The
0: taste of money.
2: Ah, Mr. Canty has put together a nice little parlay. And we told you about the all women's broadcast uh, later tonight on ESPN for the Celta, or for rather, the Pelicans and the Mavericks. So Canty has put this together on that game. And here's what we have got the over under on Mavericks Pelicans, 234. Canty likes the over
1: in that game,
2: over two thirty-four, big number, but I'll
1: ride with it. Well, I, I mean, see it's, it. it's defense optional for the Dallas Mavericks, right? And yes. coming off of the uh, the, the uh, first night of a back-to-back, I, I mean, think about this: like you're not going to see the most dialed-in defensive effort from that group, and they already have their problems on defense, but they score points in droves. And you, you got to think that they're going to try to run the Pelicans out of the gym by putting up an obscene amount of points. So that's where the logic comes with the over on team point total.
2: OK, we're going to tie that in with C.J. McCollum total assists over five and a half mm-hmm. and Kyrie Irving over 26 and a half points. I have to say, I like this combination. You do. I do. OK, I, I'm a fan.
1: I'm we a gotta fan. get back
2: on track. We do. Yeah. Plus Mark's four, smart, let 40. us down. Plus, oh God, one point. <laughs> what? Two points and one assist or, or one rebound. That's I mean, it. come on. That's it. Uh, that was ridiculous. So our three leg same game parlay over on Caesar Sportsbook: Mavericks Pelicans over two thirty four for the total, over twenty six and a half Kyrie Irving points, over five and a half CJ McCollum total assess sometimes it's the worst
0: worst sometimes it's the best best either way we'll get you straight with everything you need to know this is
2: three and out Katie, have you ever seen the movie happy gilmore you know i have that's a classic film it is a classic film and of course in the midst of the movie uh Shooter McGavin, played by Christopher McDonald, Hobart College graduate, probably the most famous Hobart College graduate where I went to school, I might be in the top five. Oh, here we go. I might be. Get to the point of the story, please. Well, in the movie, he, of course, is playing a joke on Happy Gilmore, and he says, hey, wear your best clothes. Meet me out on the ninth green at 9 p.m. And he goes out there, and the sprinklers all turn on at 9 p.m., and he gets soaked. So Happy, of course, is all ticked off, so it's a little prank. So Scotty Scheffler, having won the Masters last year, he gets to decide what the champion's dinner will be. And so they put out an invitation. And on the invitation, it says at the very bottom, live golfers all meet on the ninth green at 9
1: p.m. Love it. Damn. Where's Chubbs Peterson when you need him? (laughs) Alligator, bit my damn hand (laughs) off. Does he need an invitation?
2: (laughs) I hope Chubbs is there. If Chubbs isn't there, I'm not showing up. Did did you see the video, uh, the Celtics and Bucks game the other night? The young girl who was wearing a Giannis T-shirt went over to him after the game, got an autograph. He signed it for her. She walks away as Giannis goes back into the locker room. She pulls off the jersey. She's got an Embiid jersey on underneath
1: it. Of course, in true Philly fan fashion. She recognized the greatness of Giannis, but she was going to also let Giannis know that Embiid is her dude. That's her MVP.
2: That was, I I have to give her credit. That was absolutely amazing on her part. And not too many kids are that innovative That's innovation, my friend. Thanks for
0: listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the
2: ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.